Well, it, lo- it looks like we have a guest on the show, Space Kitty. Yeah, I'm sitting here. He's knocking my headphones out of my head. <laughs> he wants to be famous. I'll That's make him famous. Uh, yeah, you'll make him famous, all right. <laughs> What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another Wednesday night. Indie Invasion Shorts. Welcome. Hello. Greetings. While Eric gets attacked again by his cat trying to get his The ears problem is... Down. He won't sit still, and he keeps putting his butt in my face. <laughs> I don't want that in my well, face. Clearly, you're not paying enough attention to him. No, probably clearly. not. Here he comes again for See? an attack. Well, he wants to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. And I, I couldn't quite figure out what I wanted to title this one, but Eric and I talked about it earlier. And what it comes down to is we, we're always talking about all of these different really cool games and they're all from indie developers and Mm -hmm. we're super on board for supporting all of them but what i got to thinking about and i'll go into why i started thinking about this in a minute was as you can see our background there that's my skirmish game bookshelf let me rephrase that that's most of my skirmish game bookshelf most it's not all the small books but how do you narrow that down you know what I mean? Because every game I have up there, I think is super cool. Probably the least cool game up there to me is Eden. And that's not because the game isn't cool. That's just because Kickstarter was handled bad and, you know, stuff like that. It just puts a bad taste in your mouth. The game is fantastic. Uh, I really like the game. But I love probably everything that's up there. There's something about every one of those games that I just absolutely love. So I got to asking myself, if I had to narrow that down, and I'm not talking about the theoretical stuff where you and I were like, okay, well, what's our desert island and top five games? I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking for real because I'm starting back to school and um, I am starting back for my, I'm starting my doctoral program. Okay. So I'm not going to have a whole, 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 whole bunch of time to be gaming so i have to kind of figure out all right which ones are the super duper gotta play them can't let them go focus my painting on them games yeah you need your you got to decide which one am i going to put my time into right so this is kind of a we're going to talk through that but it's also a kind of for you guys out there listening, how do you draw that conclusion? Because for a lot of people, it's easy. For a lot of people, it's they say, hey, I play Warhammer 40K or I play Malifaux and, and that's it. Or I play Kings of War, you know, something like that. And that's it. That's all you play. And that's great. I remember way back in the yonder days of the, you know, the days of old when I only played Warhammer Fantasy Battles and mm-hmm. it was easy because that was the only game you were playing. But now the market has so many games in it. How do you figure out which one is worth your time? And I guess that's not really a good choice of words, because I think they're all worth your time. Because everything I have on that shelf, I think, is a wonderful game. And there's excellent parts about every single one of them. But outside of the typical stuff, you know, what's your favorite theme? What's your favorite this? It's got what is it that's going to keep you laser focused 
on something when your time is super precious. So we have three viewers. I know one of you has an opinion on what that is. So feel yeah, free, you guys. To uh, if you have a comment, just put it in the chat. We'll see it, and uh, you know, give us some suggestions. And you know what? How do we sound? I wanted to ask that at the beginning. I've been having some volume issues. I got the last you. couple. I'm I'm hoping I come across. Well, the, you always sound good clear. on this side. Okay. Always sound good on this side. Let's see. Look, okay, that's how I got a point to you. Oh, oh, there, oh, there's Todd R. Hello. All right, so we already got a couple of, of comments. Todd was saying some tech issues. Oh, I'm sorry, you having tech issues. Spaz, think about which games you're going to be more motivated to play once it's done, and which games am I most likely to get to the table? Yep, that's a definitely a good yeah. talking point. Um, I mean. It's it's about what games are you gonna choose to invest in, right? There's like right. you said, there's so many out there. How can you narrow down the ones that are right for you? And that is a good example of you know what is right for you, uh, especially um, when we, you and I, deliberately shoot ourselves in the foot every week because every week we talk about well, new a lot games, of times games. A lot of times, I I came up with this thought is that regardless whether it's theme or mechanics. The dang, the get dang game just looks so cool. You got to get it right, right. I mean, how many times okay. does that happen? Oh, a bunch of times because <laughs> that's what happened when we stumbled on Burrows and Badgers. Yeah, right. Okay, um, I know that happened with Twilight. There was some other stuff with Twilight yep. too, but it was we saw it and it was oh, Pulp City. I got the Pulp City rulebook. I haven't even played it. You got I a bunch of minis too. You found yeah, in a bag. Yeah, retro ray gun. Yep, yep. Right. So you so you have so you have all this stuff. Um, so Tim says if building and painting are a big part of the hobby for you, ones which give you the most joy doing that when you don't actually have time to play. Yeah, I, and that too, because I do, I love building and painting. It's kind of what I do in the evenings. That's what's um, happened to me, and especially this past year with COVID. You know, I can't right. get you know, no game stores. Uh, I don't really have a fairly local community of players. So I can't even have people come over to play right. that. Yeah, it was either solo or the hobby aspect of the game. Good morning, Alder. This we cat's about I'm, I'm about ready to use up this cat's all nine lives. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's whipping yeah. his tail around now. Right away. Look at all him, right, Spaz had another good point, too. Consideration is whether the minis could use, be used across multiple games like Elasta Ape. Ala I, think, I think we're going to need to purchase an Alaska ape and paint him up in Indian invasion colors as a mascot because his name has been coming up way too much. Well, he's already being added to the uh, stable of urban manhunt, urban manhunt. Right. Yeah. There you go. Worldwide. So, yep. Yeah, and uh, oh, Todd, I didn't know that your WWX group died just before COVID. That stinks. At least if COVID did it, you had something to blame it on. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, my I was struggling with mine and I think COVID really hurt mine too. I wonder I wonder why that is over here because um it's a good game. I mean as as people who play Wild West Exodus know, I'm I'm a bigger fan of the first edition rules, but it's still a good game. Yeah. So it's fun. Uh, Tyler asked what's the topic. So what we're talking about Tyler is I am getting ready to go back to school and so I thought it'd be neat to talk about what's the what are the games that when your time is limited because I'm going to school yeah. and I got four kids, 
Um, I don't know how you have any time to tell you the truth. It's it's right here when everybody's asleep. This yeah. is the time right here. This is that's it. Um, and you know, so what games on that bookshelf that we have that picture behind to really focus in on? Because I love them all, and probably I'd say eighty percent of the games that are up there, I've gotten to the table at least once. Oh oh no. Todd R says the players PCS. That is a pain I know well. For those of you who aren't familiar with military terminology, that means they it's a permanent change of station. So oh. they got orders to somewhere else and left. Yeah, so, that's 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 a hard hard one to deal yeah. with when well, you, you got know, it wasn't even that they got disinterested. It's right. just like they had no choice. Right. That's how it was with 40K, too. Uh, when yeah. I was playing 40K and Fantasy Battles, when I was still active duty, you'd find a really great group of guys. That was like, hey, see ya. <laughs> Todd, you had four time, You had time for four kids just saying, you know, that would make sense, but um, all four of my children are adopted. Not saying I don't have time otherwise to, you know, Anyway, so so that's where that's where I'm at. And we have some some talking points that we're going to go over. And I really appreciate all the suggestions to get my brain going. Clearly, I'll be buying an Elasta Ape soon because yeah. obviously I need one. I could probably get him in Drowned Earth, Twisted, Deep Wars, Zone Raiders, Star Breach, um, Core Space. He'll fit right in with Rooster. Urban Manhunt, yeah. I mean, I could stick him in a whole bunch of whole bunch of different games. So that's what that's what. All right, we got one more question, and we'll jump on those talking points. So Tim had never seen Wild West Exodus in stores until this weekend. Wow, went into Miniature Market and they had a small shelf oh, of it. Miniature Market has them on sale too. You get some yeah. good prices on some of those. So um, okay, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So we know some places you can get it at Discover Games. Definitely Discover Games. He's I got know. a ton. Gadzooks carries quite a bit of their stuff. And so they're in the States, but I mean, these are all online stores, but they have a brick and mortar store also. Yeah. But uh, Tim said he walked into miniature market. What? Oh, wait a second. I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah, he did. He wasn't scrolling. Man, on the I'll website. tell you what I'd be. My wallet would be so light if I could walk into miniature market. Oh we, man. Both I, of I us would be in trouble. I don't need that. I do not need that. I do not need that. Um, Tyler, I'm uh, getting my doctorate in theology. Uh, I think Eric should make the cat a regular co-host. There you he, go. He's driving me nuts right the now. The cat needs an Indian invasion shirt or coffee cup at the very least. And Maybe we if I put a shirt on him, he would sit, sit still. It'd probably just fall like over. Sit. That's what cats do. They just fall over. All right. So anyway, on to the point. On, put on him. So well, the first point you had, what's the first point you had? About All right, so some of the things to look at when you're trying to decide what to invest in um, and you're looking at a game. One of the first things that pops into my head is the cost or the investment, if there's any. You know, how, how much does it cost to just get into it and start playing? Um, yeah. You know, is it like Games Workshop where you have to buy a, you know, set after set after set to just get to the table? You know, and you're talking about all the time to put it together and then start list yep. building and stuff like that. Or is it an agnostic game, which we just recently talked about? If you missed it, go check the backlog. But you could use anything you want. Right. Right. So two sides of the coin there. Um, yeah. And, and as far as investment, I think 
for for a lot of us as we've gotten older, you know, you budget your hobby money. Yeah. So it's I think it's less of an issue when you get older. I, I mean, I remember being a 20 year old playing uh playing games and you know you just you couldn't afford anything to do it yeah so and i you um, know and in truth you know uh big mike's been trying to get me into uh the marvel crisis protocol which right. i love marvel i like comics you know it's got my favorite x-men and stuff in there but what's holding me back is the core game so it's like i look at games and i look at these core games and if they're like 80 to 100 dollars just to get like the rules and all those chits and measuring sticks and maybe a little bit of terrain. It's kind of hard to dive into that. If the, if like there's minis in there that I'm not super excited about, I'm like, yeah, they're nice, but I don't see myself playing with them. Right. Right. That's definitely one of the, and, and I get the box sets because the box sets are a great way to, you know, start people out the kill team box set. Perfect example. Cause Todd talks about how kill team fixes the mass buy-in for GW. Mm -hmm. Um, But if, for this release, this Kill Team box release, if you don't want to play the Orcs or the Death Corps Krieg, I mean, you have the option to buy the book separately, but then the starter doesn't do anything for you. Uh, yeah. Same thing with uh, Crisis Protocol. If you're not interested in the miniatures in it, and of course you can always get around it by getting with your buddies and splitting cost and all that stuff. Yeah, We're that's, not, I'm not saying you can't do that, but... But that initial look at it when you're scrolling somewhere and you find it and you say, oh, well, let me check this game out. Oh, no, I don't want anybody in the box kind of thing. Yeah. And, and a lot of times that's a big part of getting into a game is this, this starter box. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of times you get a lot of bang for your buck and and it is a good way to solve kind of two problems, really. Right. You know, of cutting the cost by who are you going to play it with, right? Right. Well, you get a buddy in there and you split and he takes what he wants and then you can take the other half. So, um, yeah, that kind of solves both those problems. Um, yeah. So and, and well, that kind of brings us into really the next three, which, in my opinion, are bigger than anything else as far as choosing what you're going to do. OK. Um, you know how you're what you're going to play. Um, Spaz says Starbreach fixes the need for kill team. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And in fact, it kind of fixes your need for Star Wars Legion too, if you really want to get technical about it. There's one it right covers, there. It covers that too. Yep, uh, yep. But the next one was support for the game, and we talked a little bit about this in the mini agnostics one. Um, you get certain games. Uh, we'll take Starbreach for example, because Spaz was talking about it. It's not that there's not support for the game, but when there's nothing else coming out. You know, we, we all like the new stuff and the extra releases when there's not a lot of new stuff coming out. It can kind of get a little stale. Yeah, uh, I think that's one of the things GW has done well. I know War Cradle did it has been doing it really well. TT Combat does it really well with Carnivale and Rumble Slam where they, you know, they just keep rolling these releases. There's these new things that you can get. Um, and then maybe you find a game that is out of print or small or whatever it is. And there's zero support for the game, no FAQ, no, no nothing. So I think that plays a big part when you're looking at the game is, and like I said, this, these next three points kind of are balled together really, because they play into each other, but is there support for the game? And we've talked about this before too, especially with the independent games, 
99.9% of the time, unless the game is out of print and the person's not doing anything with the game anymore, that you're going to get the absolute best support for the game. You'll get a personal question answered. <laughs> I can distinctly recall we were playing a game of Twisted one night and I had a rules question and uh, I I haven't talked to him in a while, but I, I used to Facebook messenger back and forth with Peter frequently about stuff in what was going on over here in the States with Twisted. So right in the middle of the game, I Facebook messaged him the question on the game and he answered me back while we were playing. So that's support right there, man. You can't get that kind of game support, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But then into the next one, you take that one, you start that one out. So the next uh, support for the game would be, did we cover new content? Like, uh, Right, read the releases. No, not really. That's what I want because I I think these three kind of go these three metal ones really. Yeah. So when I I I say new content, I mean maybe like a uh, uh, like a campaign story or new scenarios that you can play through. Um, New cat, new cat that yeah I can (laughs) throw on the table and throw some dice at them. Uh, New minis, you know, maybe a new faction or maybe new commanders for the faction if it if it does have uh like a, a minis line for right. the game so um and you know that's that's basically uh what you want to see in a game you don't want to see a game that's just doesn't get any kind of attention i guess because yeah. then you're gonna get kind of bored with it eventually yeah it may be cool for a couple games but once you get to a point it's like okay where do i go now with this particular game yeah so, and I think there's a flip side to that too, though, that we can learn something from, from our giant shelf of games that we have. And that's, um, and I got to say, so GW kind of makes their players do this where you can't really play anything else because you can't afford anything else. But, but the flip side of that is they're fully invested in one thing. And there is value in that. So if I were to take one of these games up on my shelf right now, these ones behind me, I just randomly pick one. So Zone Raiders, because that one jumps out at me and it's got two books right there. And if I were to just focus on Zone Raiders, there is a supplement release that's for free on the website. Mm. But, you, you know, you could just pour, 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 pour stuff into it. So you don't. I don't think you necessarily have to have regular releases unless unless that's just kind of your, you know. That's yeah, you like going to the store every every, right. every month or whatever. Right, right. Um, so, I, but so I think like I was trying to play the flip side of that is that we have all of these games, but the amount of value and replayability and uh, time that you can get out of, um any of these games is really immense because particularly the indie game developers, they spend so much time on their story that there's usually a lot there. You know what I mean? So you could really just, you wouldn't necessarily need new releases, at least not, at least not for me, but that's my two cents. Um, Okay. What what Todd say here? Todd's got a good example here of wizard of the coast. They do that with D and D very well, where they have the new books every couple months. So you get your new adventures Yeah, and uh, it's not mini related, but it's new content that's supporting the game system. 
Well, and I think a lot of the times too, a lot of D and D has become kind of mini related. It has, really. you know what I mean? There's been, there's been so much stuff thrown and I think it's cool. I mean, I love it. Yeah. I love theater of the mind when we do our games, but I think that having that on the table is cool. Cause I'm a visual guy anyway. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I think that's really cool. And then the biggest one, especially for me, this one makes a big difference for me because we don't have a game store. So player count, who's going to play the game with you? Yeah. Because if no one's going to play, sure just about everything I have up there over the course of COVID, if you can take one silver lining out of COVID, it's that almost every skirmish game that we know of now has a solo version of it so that you can play by yourself. But as we've discussed many times before, I don't really think that's ultimately what we're after as gamers. No, you know what I mean? We're not after playing the game by yourself. You want to go show off the model you just painted. You want to go show off mm -hmm. your kit bashed guy. You want to show off your whole army because you finally finished it. You want to bring that cool piece of terrain in and, you know, show your buddies and stand around and talk and just well, yeah, all we've, that. That's we, the game right there. A, a 40 minute game takes you two and a half hours, not because the game takes a long time, but yeah. because none of you can shut up. Yeah, we've mentioned that before. You want the interaction. Yeah. It's it's that's what half the fun is, is you know, busting your buddy's chops and him right. killing your dude, and you're like, Oh man, I'm gonna get you next right. time, type of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Todd said, Amen to that. Having a good group of gamer friends, right? I know if we could just this little group that gathers with us on Wednesday nights, if we could just all get together, even though we're in all different parts of the world. We'd probably have a pretty good time, I'm thinking, playing some games. Gather in a compound with a <laughs> bunch of tables, a bunch of minis, <laughs> a bunch of dice. That would be whoo, that would be crazy. That would be that would be fun, but that would be crazy. So so that's a big thing is the player count. So for me, being the the indie game guy in our area is it's tough to get people to even try the games. And if anybody has any suggestions for that's this, why point, please throw like them out a, there. A lot of times, and not just independent games, which is games in general, a lot of us that try to start these new groups and your, you know, your game stores, your game clubs, um, you'll buy more than what you need for just yourself. You'll oh, buy yeah. something for another player that if, Yep. You have a buddy that shows even just a little bit of interest. You're like, here, try this one. Yep. You know, I'll show you how you, it works. If you look up on that shelf, you'll see a lot of multiple copies of books. And that's mm -hmm. exactly why. It's because I'll loan them out. I'll be like, hey, you should read this, man. And uh, do that. So we have some funny comments about yours. Okay, so here we go. Okay, what we got Spaz here? says fly on over to the Spaz Cave for a game weekend. Okay, hey, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. And we can, then we can hit mine for another weekend. Tyler says, wait, gathering a compound? This Is a, is this a cult? See, that's where I was thinking, Tyler. <laughs> Tim, Tim went in and threw the Kool-Aid. We're not having any Kool-Aid, man. No Kool-Aid. Just we got to get past that. Just the kind that gives you the, the blue lips around, right. maybe just right. that. Just that. Nothing more than that. But um, yeah, so that's huge, that player count, because it it is hard. Spaz says hive cult. There you go. There you go. We're like, we're a gene stealer cult in here. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's really huge. And, that, and that's crucial because mm -hmm. people are invested in the games that they play. So those folks that, um, that we talk about in 
that, that are laser focused on a single game, it, it's hard for them to, and not busting their chops in any way, shape or form. But when you're so fully invested in a game, it's really hard to say, yeah, I'm going to branch out and try this too, because you've poured thousands of hours into painting. Well, it's what they call lifestyle game, right? Right. Right. I mean, cause that's what things like 40 K are Warhammer mm-hmm. fantasy battles used to be. Um, it's the games that I, and, and I could be totally wrong on this because I'm not a tournament player, but it seems to me the games that show up at conventions that are tournaments competitive are lifestyle kind of games. Yeah. Because yeah. You, you have a whole bunch of people showing up and it's why a lot of people play things like 40 K because I can go from here to Texas to Idaho, to California, and then back up to Maine, and I'm going to find somebody to play 40K everywhere. Oh, yeah, easily. You but walk I'm going to any store. Right, but I'm going to be hurting to find somebody that wants to play the Drowned Earth. Yeah, and, you know, and I, I used to do the competitive thing. Um, I think when we first met, it was in a tournament, yep. and that was kind of right at the time where, you know, I was coming off the X-Wing stuff and you know that the card oh, so game you really tournament. wanted to kill me in that game then if you were coming off that cutthroat x-wing stuff but i was that was when i was getting tired of that because that it started getting where that wasn't fun for me right i wanted to be the casual gamer and have fun so i started looking at games differently like kind of the way we're talking about right well i don't know so so far we've gotten and we have an invitation to canada for a game night okay perth australia and South Carolina. So I'm seeing, you know, I'm thinking. Hey, you hey. come on up to Chicago too. Adepticon. I don't know, man. It's getting on towards wintertime. I don't think I want to go up there. <laughs> I got some extra blankets. If I'm going to go where it's that cold, I'm just going to go all the way to Canada. Okay? Well, see, I was going to say, yeah, it depends when Spaz wants us to yeah, come. I'm just going to go all the way to Canada. I've been to Canada <laughs> once and I was way up north in Canada. Did get to see the northern lights, but mm-hmm. Todd said Texas, plenty of room. See, so there we go. I mean, so we have one last one that I like to look at. And yeah. like I talk about, tournament play and competitive play um complexity okay so do you want do you basically want a beer and pretzels game you know that you can play a couple games in a night or are you looking for something that's crunch all day um i'm looking at you 40k (laughs) right (laughs) you know so uh it depends on what is your style of game um i'll say this as as we've talked through this and and y'all jump in on this because I think I may have discovered something, little light bulb coming uh-oh, on for uh-oh. a second here, is that it seems like the beer and pretzels games are the ones that tend to not have the larger player base. Whereas you get those ones that are crunchy, the um and maybe not really crunchy, but the 40k, the Malifaux, the Kings of War, and, and larger scale mm-hmm. seem to have you, you seem a little bit more likely to find them and i know i don't think we have anybody on in the uk right now but one of the biggest differences for the guys and gals that are in the us and australia and say canada these really large countries is that we're also so spread out versus in the uk where the country the actual physical country is smaller yeah so all the places over there, it's a little bit easier to, well, I don't know travel wise, but it's all closer together versus, you know, it's, it's two and a half days driving 
probably minimum to get to where Todd is. Yeah. Uh, and well, and he said he made a good comment too. You're not as committed or invested in the beer and pretzels games. And that's true because yeah. you're not having to pour the same amount in it. And I actually have a perfect example of that from rumble slam, but I, and I think that the beer and pretzels games cater to that. The, the smart companies recognize that that's exactly how they're perceived. And so they treat them that way. And what it made me think of was going back to rumble slam again, when it was released early, there was a guy in the Facebook group who had commented that he loved the idea. He had grown up watching wrestling. He still watched wrestling. He loved wrestling, but he wasn't a miniature gamer. He was a board gamer and not a miniatures board gamer gamer, just board games. Mm -hmm. And he had no idea how to paint and had no desire to paint, but he really wanted to play. So one of the dudes from TT combat said, paint them like game board pieces. And that's exactly what he did. And he posted his pictures. So his, uh, one of his stables was all blue. The orcs were all green. The girls were all pink and they just looked like board game pieces. Mm -hmm. And for, for those of us who are miniatures gamers and we're like, what did you do to that beautiful detailed miniature? You really did just dip it to paint it. (laughs) (laughs) But for somebody like that, you know, it, it worked because, because it's a beer and pretzel kind of game, because it's recognized as that. I think we have a frozen Eric. Oh, there he comes. He unfroze. He unfroze. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dice throne. And, uh, is that magic? Yeah. Magic. The gathering. Magic. The gathering is very much a lifestyle game. Easy yeah. to get into, but you can go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, been there twice. Magic the Gathering <laughs> that makes me think of like a fist fight. I don't. Mm, I'm that's, not why I quit, that's why I quit playing the last time. <laughs> Does Rumble Slam have a campaign career mode on video, like a career mode? Um, no, they don't right now. Um, I think that was at some point in the works of doing something along those lines. But I don't know that it's been produced yet. I'm a, I'm I'm two. I think I'm two starters behind right now on my Rumble Slam, which I should probably get back to that eventually. Because you know the completionist in me is screaming that I'm mm-hmm. missing a few. So, but anyway, that was that was kind of what we had for tonight, and it was obviously selfishly motivated, but that's okay. Uh, because because I gotta figure uh, I gotta figure out which games are hey, you guys. This is your opportunity. Get Mac into a game, <laughs> right? Because that, that's what I need is another game to choose between, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know, you guys. I, that could be that could be an interesting challenge. That mm-hmm. could be an interesting challenge. Is can you bring a game I haven't heard of or at least looked at? Because that's I, I I spend time looking four games as a matter of fact uh, one of the guys eric i'm pretty sure it's another eric in the discord uh he said that he was a, he and his son were play, te- play testers on a game called vortex and he mentioned it over in the discord channel so naturally i had to get a copy of the book so i did i don't have it yet but i won't necessarily play it i like to read rule books so there might be that oh yeah there's a certain company yep. For this one right there. Urban Manhunt is in the works for the career manager mode. Yeah, man, that'll be fun. And then but here I, I gotta say, uh, I'm oh, not yeah. this one too, because 
Mine's getting ready to come too. That's right. I'm I'm waiting. I'm thinking. I'm thinking that one of the games that it's going to be is going to be the Drowned Earth for two reasons. Oh, one, yeah. I love the Drowned Earth, and two, very soon the Kickstarter should be shipping with my yeah custom created dude. So, yeah, we'll have to play Todd one of these days when we can actually meet up at a convention, play some Car Wars. Yes. And Rumble Slam and, and Rumble and Slam and all the games. So many, right? so many things. Games. And we'll throw this one last question out there of who's going to Gen Con. I am not, but check out Hands of Glory from Nightwatch Games. That was the one that Todd was telling us about. So if you can. Uh, okay. Um, oh, there he is. Um, there's Eric. Okay. Hello. Hello. Yes, I knew that was you. I um, And I, I ordered a copy. So. And Tim says he's excited to see Silver Bayonet when it comes out. I did just see uh, an unboxing. Uh, it was, it was, I think, the um, first copy, that first copy for proofing before they go to production, I think is what it was. But I saw that on Instagram. Waiting today. to push the button for that one. Waiting to push the button. All right. So we can ramble on forever because it is, in fact, what we're good at. That's what we do. <laughs> it, is, it, is our, it is our skill set. Make no mistake about that. Um, but that's all we got tonight, guys. Oh, it's Ron. Okay, okay. I thought it was Eric. All right. Kentucky Fried Gamers is Ron. I need to get that in my head. Spaz, if he leaves Kennedy, has to quarantine for 14 days and not get paid. I don't know what to take, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> I guess you miss gaming. <laughs> you missed the trip to Australia. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I We'll we'll get back to normal conventions soon enough, I think. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. So anyway, guys, thanks for joining us again tonight. Best thing you can always do for us is share and like. Share and like. Okay. Let let people know what we're talking about. Mo not even not even for us so much as so that we can get the word out for these independent game developers. So people can buy their books and check them out and hopefully expand that that player count that is so small everywhere. And as usual, you can check us out on our Indie Invasion podcast at Podbean. We are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, blah, 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 blah. I All still the places get, you can find I, those I podcasts. still get emails. I got an email just the other day that was like, hey, we're starting up a new podcast platform and we love you. And I'm like, no, you don't. You haven't even listened to it. You're just a spam email. <laughs> email uh, but we are on all of those places. You can also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. The Discord is a lot of fun. Pictures over there. And as always, you can check out our Facebook. But the Discord, go over there and join that if you haven't yet. And you can find out about cool new stuff coming up for some of these independent games. Also, the ball is rolling for Coastal Con. So Coastal mm -hmm. Con is now beginning to, whoops, I double clicked on you, Eric. I'm sorry. I'm going to put my mouse down. No, you, you got it. You got it. So Coastal Con is coming. It will be the last weekend in February. And I'm looking at my calendar right now so that I can make sure I give you the correct dates. And it's going to be the 25th and 26th of February in Beaufort, South Carolina. And if anybody wants to come, it's a great place to bring your spouse because it is a tourist destination and it is on the beach. So I have tentative works. I got to go talk to the hotel. And if I can get a good enough rate, I'm going to try three days. I'm going to try to get Sunday in as well. But we're going to see. Right now, I've got it planned for Friday starting probably around noon. 
into midnight Saturday night ish or until someone tells us we have to leave. Mm-hmm. They're one of those. You can also find us on Patreon. Pop over there if you like what you hear and you want to support us. That's great. If you don't want to support us, well, that's great too. Go buy an indie game if you don't support us, though. That's the trade-off. You got to go buy an indie game. Uh, but you can check us out over on Patreon. Everything is free. And this is where the cool stuff is. Redbubble.com. Indie Invasion. That's where yep. we have cool stuff like coffee cups, shirts, hats, comforters, shower curtains, clocks, iPhone cases, pillows, masks, sweatpants, socks. This and is just I'm all kinds actually, of crazy stuff. I'm actually in the process of working on a logo similar to this. So it will show up good on a black hat or a dark Ooh. color shirt. Or Ooh, nice. So if you haven't checked it out yet, check them nice. out. Nice. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks guys for our fastest 30 minutes in gaming shenanigans. We always appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Mm-hmm. It's fun for us. Check out some of these indie games. Go give these people some likes. Check out their Facebook pages. See what they're doing. Pick up a copy of their book. Pick up a copy of the PDF. Support them for, you know, eight, ten bucks, whatever it is. There's a ton of them out there. Go check out the YouTube, the Facebook, all those places. You'll see a bunch of them. But until you go and purchase your next indie game, prepare yourself for the invasion. <laughs>